Moments, memories, laughter, pain. It happened, we feel it, we experience it, and it's all part of our story. A conversation that changes everything, a circumstance that gives us perspective, beauty that takes our breath away. Life is happening now and things are moving forward. Our journey is being written and God is in our midst. And if we pay attention, we'll notice. When we trust, He inspires. When we surrender, He redeems failures. He plants vision. When we unite our efforts, we get to be a part of something beyond what we could ever imagine. God changes lives. He builds stories. And building stories is the reason we are here. Amen. Right on. The scripture says that we're living epistles unto the goodness of God, meaning your life is telling the story of God's goodness in your life and his grace and all of these things. We're constantly showing the world how, how as the body of Christ, we're moving in the way that he's called us to do. And today I want to talk about this idea that your story is a story of faith. We're a people of faith. It takes faith to be a people and a children of God. How many are with me? I'll say this. I know it's raining. I know it's a little gray out there and you only have to do it this week. Uh, but it's okay this morning if you give me a little bit of amens and a little bit of talk back. You don't have to do it next week. But uh, here's why. Not just because I need it and I do. Um, because so many Monday mornings I just cry in my office. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but here's what it does. It builds up the atmosphere of faith in the room. Because when we say amen, it means so be it. So when the pulpit, not the pastor, when the pulpit, the word of God is proclaiming a truth, it's good for us as a body to say amen, so be it, and, and claim that truth in the atmosphere, right? And, uh, and so here, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about we are a people of faith. It takes faith. The scripture says it's impossible to please God without faith. You can't say, oh, all these other things of God, I believe, but I'm just, you know, my, my score test in God does not come out as, as faith. No, to do this thing and to walk with God, we got we to learn to be a people who can believe when we don't see. Are you with me? Who can hold firm on a word that God gave us, even though it's not lining up with our current circumstances, right? Faith, people. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so I've noticed that a lot of times in our Christian walk, we get off the track of faith and we find ourselves in this place of begging, so the question today, especially in our 21 days of prayer and fasting, is as we're approaching God, as we're going after God's will and God's plan for our life, are we approaching him with a mindset of begging or are we approaching him with a mindset of, I'm believing that we can do this? Because God wants us to be the people that believe you said it and it will be, you've said it and it's true, you said it, I can have it, yeah. right? My mom is in the service and she said growing up, she used to say to us all the time, do you know that you know that you know that you know, <laughs> Right? Have you gotten to a place that you're so founded in God's word, you're so clinging to the word, whether it's the scripture or a prophetic word or somebody spoke something to you, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that it's true? Because then that's what helps us get over the obstacles when people are lying about us and talking about us and people saying it ain't going to work and you're going to be a failure and you get a doctor's report. But you say, oh, no, I got God's word and I know that I know that I know. That I'm not a beggar, I'm not in a begging situation, I'm not in a hoping God, maybe, if he feels like he's in the mood. We know that we know, are you with me? But here is some of the ways that we fall into this begging mentality. Have you ever prayed a prayer, have you ever approached God with the mindset of trying to convince him about why it's a good idea? 
Instead of just coming to him with a word out of the scripture, which we believe is all true and it's God inspired, we come in and we say, hey, God, you know, in case you didn't notice, God, if you did this thing, let me convince you on this. If you did this thing, it would be good for this person and this person and this thing. You know, if I could just convince you into this, instead of saying, God, you said I could have it. I believe you're going to do it. Your word is true no matter what I see. So we pray those kinds of prayers. We also cast wishes to heaven. It's kind of a popular thing in this area, actually, to have a circumstance going on in our life. And we just kind of, well, if it's the Lord's will, You want to know what somebody's will is? You look at their words. If I were to leave you my will, I would write down, this is my will for your life. God did it. It's called our Bible. So you take his word, his written, holy, truthful, absolute truth, and you stand on the word. You remember the song, the B-I-B-L-E? Yes, that's the book for me. It's what I do what? I stand alone on the word of God. Why? Because it's true. It's all we need. If God said it, we can have it. Amen. Wishful prayer. If you're in the mood, God. If it's your will, come on, pray, pray the word, stand on the truth of the scripture. We also try to make deals with God. All of us have done this. God, if you'll do this, I'll do this. And then God's like, well, let me think about it. That's a pretty good deal. Talking to angels. What do you think? Go back and ask them, you know, like it's ridiculous. We make deals with God. God's calling us to stand on his word. It's true. Have faith. Believe. Not beg him. And then, of course, we negotiate with God. God comes to us and says, I've called you to this. I want you to do this. And God calls us into something. Oh, I don't like how that looks. I don't think. So what about this, God? I know you really want me to do this. I don't got the faith for that. But what about this over here instead? And we negotiate. Instead of coming from a place of believing, we just are begging. And we're, are you with me? John chapter 4, verse 46, is this awesome story about begging and believing. It says this, Once more he visited Cana of Galilee, speaking of Jesus, where he had turned water into wine. So reminding us of the story that Jesus turned water into wine. It's like the writer wanted you to know. Remember that one time Jesus turned water into wine, in case you get in a debate about it later. Anyway, some of you are so uncomfortable. And there was a certain royal official whose son laid sick at Capernaum. When this man had heard Jesus arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. One translation says he implored him, which is to beg someone earnestly and desperately to do something. So this royal official who this person, he's not a handout kind of guy always trying to just take and get and, 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 and manipulate people. And all. This was a royal official. He had authority in his life. He had great relationships. He had things working on his behalf. So it's not like this guy's mentality is just this always, but, it, but he comes to him in this place of begging. And Jesus responds this way in verse 48, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe, which is like, whoa. Because especially if you look at how this guy came to Jesus the scripture says that he left his house a day's journey, possibly through mountains or desert terrain. Scripture says because of who he was, he could have also sent a servant to go on his behalf. But he left the comfort of everything and personally went out on a journey to encounter Jesus. The, the purpose was to get Jesus to come back to his home. 
Now, as a preacher, you could preach this, right? He did all the right things. He left his home and he journeyed for a day toward Jesus. And you're saying all these things. But when he gets there, Jesus is like, unless you see signs and wonders, you people just won't believe. He's starting to get to this deeper issue of believing when you're even not seeing believing in what God can do, even when you can't bring them to your home and see them do it right in front of you. It's easy to journey to Jesus and say, oh, come here and do this in my home. But it's a whole nother thing to believe that the same healing power can make it from there to here, even when you can't see. So Jesus begins to start sort of unraveling this thing. I thought about we get into the same situations as this royal guy where we go, I go to church. I even listen to Christian music a couple times a week. I pray at least once a week. I got a devotional. We start going through all of the, the, the ways that this guy even journeyed and sought out God. And, and we talk about all these things. But if we don't have faith, if we can't stand on a word, if we don't have belief, how many are with me? Then the scripture says without faith, without believing, without standing on his truth, without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. It's just not going to work. And so please don't let the rest of this message become a message that says God didn't answer your prayer or God didn't work on your half because you didn't believe enough. That is absolutely not a truth. Are you with me? But I do know this. It takes faith and believing even when we can't see in order for God to move. It requires faith. Am I clear? Are you with me? Mark chapter 11 verse 24 says this. Whatsoever things you desire... When you pray, believe that you have received them and they're yours. What do we need here? We need desire when we go to God. We need to earnestly go to him with a passion and with a desire to see what we're praying for. That's why we can't pray prayers at the table and just when we wake up to, oh Lord, bless the community and help my friends and be the... We need to get on the threshing floor and pray with some desire for God to transform. Are you with me? Keep them safe and their shirts tucked in. And de- Come on, we need to pray better than that. And again, oh, he's judging my prayer. I don't like it when their shirts are untucked. <laughs> but with desire, do you really want to see revival hit your city? Do you really want to see your word? Are you with me? So whatsoever things you desire when you pray, then what was the word? Believe. Believe that you've received them. Not wish, not hope. No, believe that you've received them and they'll be yours. We have to attach believing, not begging to what we're desiring. So the royal official says back, sir, Come down before my child dies. So he's trying to get him to come to his home. Jesus in verse 50 says this, Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Jesus is trying to teach him a lesson here that, listen, at my word, what you're desiring can be true. So he says, look, I'm not coming there. You're not going to see a sign and wonder of me coming and doing. Instead, I'm going to grow your faith into a point that along the way, you're believing, you're departing, you're going. And, 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 I, and it, at my word, this is a truth and this is a done deal. So the man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he inquired as to at the time the boy got better, he said to him yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household did what? Believed. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is saying like, oh, you guys, when are you going to just stop waiting for me to be the one? 
to come and you see a sign and a wonder, when are we going to start working on this faith that when you can't see it and it doesn't make sense and you, and so go and depart and along the way, the miracle happens. And what did it cause the household to do? Believe. If we as a community of people in this country, in our nation, in this world, if we can be a people that can demonstrate what faith and believing looks like, how many you know, just like this household, it's going to cause people to believe. Oh, I got this doctor report and they said it was terminal and I believed. And the world goes, whoa, even without being able to see it. He didn't come and do a sign and wonder. Jesus didn't come down. They just had faith and believed and they didn't doubt and they held to God's word and they held to the truth. They didn't get begging and they didn't just get wishful prayer. They, they stayed firm. The household believed. And then the scripture notes that this was the second sign that Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Why? Because it was a miracle. It was a miracle that in that man's life, he used his faith and along the way, God did the work. It wasn't the sign and wonder that people could see with their eyes at the place around Jesus. Instead, it was the faith of the process. Go, depart, and be healed. Are you with me? Faith in believing is, I believe, the switch in heaven. It's our faith that just when we connect our faith, believing, standing on God's word, standing on what he said, is the thing that just activates heaven. Uh, I grew up uh, country. Uh, I grew up around uh, animals and, and, and horses. My parents had horses. Ugh. And uh, thorn in my flesh, my side, whatever, that whole thing. But uh, so what happens is, uh, you know, really stupid people who have horses decide uh, in the summer it's a good idea to pay like a lot of money to, to feed them grass. <laughs> and it's called hay. And so they get these wagons, these huge wagons full. You've seen them on the side of the road or maybe got stuck behind one full of like 300 bales of hay. And, and they pull it into the barn and it's time to load this into the barn loft. Okay. And so you got to take one bale at a time, 300 bales, and you got to get up in the loft of the barn. So my dad goes up in the loft of the barn. I'm standing on the trailer with all the hay. And then we have this conveyor, right? That just moves the hay bales up into the loft. So you take the hay bale and you put it on the conveyor and then it just makes its way up. It's kind of like this ladder thing and it has sides and it, and it just moves it all the way up. Like just like a factory. It's just like this assembly line thing going and it just it moves it up to where it needs to be. And then my dad's up at the top and he takes it and moves it where it needs to be in the loft. And I was thinking about how faith works and thinking about this sermon and thinking about how when we hold on to a word and we believe, it's just like that conveyor and nothing's happening. I got this great need that needs to go from here to the loft. Are you tracking with me? It needs to go from earth to heaven. And the activator, the thing that moves this thing is when I flip that switch, it's the same thing with our faith and our believing. Not just, oh, I just wish God would just move this hay and... It actually takes a couple things. It takes flipping the switch of faith, and it actually takes a little action, but that's another sermon. <laughs> but it just works like that. All of a sudden, our faith and our believing and our standing on the word, because the scripture says that God is watching over his word to perform it. He's up there saying, oh, when they, when they connect with this word, when they stand on this truth, when they believe what I said is true, and they can have what I said they can have, it just, he just waits for, oh, here we go. Now it's coming up. And then here comes the thing, and it goes up to, and God does what he needs to do with it. It takes faith and believing and standing. And again, I wish I could say, this is the perfect principle, and you do this, and it's going to work every time. I can't say that, because I've stood over caskets of my best friends, and they weren't healed. And we prayed healing, and we used faith, and we believed. But I'm just telling you, God uses faith. Are you with me? 
We have a loss of children and different things that happen in, in our faith communities. And I can't explain those things. And when we get to heaven, we're going to understand. But I know this, that God uses faith and he stands with us when we believe and we hold true to his word. Are you with me? Romans chapter 7 or 10 verse 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. This is where it actually gets real. I meet with people all the time and they got a major situation going on in their life. And I say, well, what are you going to do? And what do you believe in? And how's it going to happen? Well, I believe it's going to turn out good. Okay. Well, how do you believe that? Well, because God is good. He's nice. Of course. Yes, he is. But what else? I don't know. You don't have a word. You don't have something out of the scripture that God gave you that has called the sword of the spirit. You don't have anything that you can go into battle in and stand on and say, well, hold on. The Bible says this. Are you with me? Faith. How are you going to have faith if it takes faith for God to be pleased and for us to walk in the things God has called us to? The only way we get faith is by hearing the word of God. If we don't have the word of God active in our life, can I tell you something? You're not going to have great faith. You're going to believe every doctor report. You're going to believe every naysayer. You're going to believe every hater that says something about you. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. You got to get yourself a word. And it's good we come to church and the pastor preaches a sermon and we sing a song. But you got to crack that book open and stand on it. Tape it to your mirror. Put it in your lunchbox. You got to stand on the B-I-B-L-E. It's the only thing for you. Because it builds our faith. It's required for us to be what God has called us to be. Beggars see needs as obstacles. Believers see needs as opportunities. What's the difference? Look at me. What's the difference? A beggar goes, I got no word. I got no thing. I got... So this is all a, an obstacle. A believer goes, this is an opportunity because the word says it can overcome that. This is the obstacle. I'm going to call it an opportunity because I know that the word can defeat that. I know the word says that if I just have faith of a mustard seed, I can move that mountain. Why? Because believers, they got the word on the inside of them. They got God's word. Again, whether worshipfully or in our study of the scripture or a prophetic word given to us, whatever it is, we stand on it and we can see those obstacles as opportunity. Are you with me today? Mark chapter 10, verse 46, just a couple points about blind Barnabas. We see another beggar. His name is blind Barnabas. He's a beggar and he's hanging out with beggars on the roadside and Jesus is coming to town. And all the other beggars are around him, you know, and they're trying to keep him in begging mentality. But he, even though he's blind Bartimaeus and he's hanging out with the beggars, he actually has a heart and a mindset and a, and a spirit on the inside of him of a believer. So when he begins to hear that Jesus is coming, the scripture says he stands up and he's shouting, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. And he's calling out from a place of believing. They don't describe him as somebody who's begging and, and somebody who's just trying to get the attention so that he, no, he's, he's, he's rising up on the inside and he's shouting out despite what's going on around him, no matter what it looks like, he's coming from a place of faith. I always read these stories and kind of think of them in funny ways. He's maybe so, fill, so filled up and so faith-filled. He's shouting, did you, Jesus? And he's back here, you know, like, turn around, blind Bartimaeus. You're looking the wrong way. And so Jesus hears this among all the crowd. Remember the crowd was coming and everybody has a great need for Jesus. And so there's a crowd and other people are trying to get to Jesus and say things to Jesus. And he goes, hold on, that guy, bring him to me. He's probably saying, hey, bring him to me because he's facing the wrong direction. Get him over this. But bring him to me, bring him to me, get him over to me. Why? Because listen, here's the truth. Heaven hears the voice of a believer 
above the noise of the crowd. Every single time. You can be a praying mom. You can be a praying business owner. You can, if you're someone who's praying with belief, heaven goes, ooh, I hear that faith. I hear that believing. You're calling that prodigal home. You're calling those finances to be turned around. You're calling for that sickness to be healed and have it say, oh, I'm, I'm hearing that faith. Are you with me? The crowd's trying to tell them, oh, quiet down, quiet down. You're messing up the atmosphere. And that's what happens when we walk in faith, doesn't it? People get around us. They start going, oh, quiet down. You're messing up the atmosphere. Just go back with the other beggars and be content with what it is. But faith people are okay messing up the scene. Amen. Jesus responds to I believes, not I wants. We don't pray, I want, I want, I want. We pray, I believe, God, that this is your assignment. This is what you have for my life, for my kids, for this church. I believe. So blind Bartimaeus is moving towards Jesus. and He's bumping into people. Imagine that, every obstacle along the way as a blind person in a crowd. And he just keeps moving towards Jesus who he can't see. It's a beautiful picture of what Hebrews 11.1 1 says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of what not, is what's not seen. He can't see it. It doesn't make perfect sense for him, but he's still stumbling his way in faith, bumping into stuff, hitting obstacles, but he's still going toward what he believes is what God said for him, which has come to me. The scripture says this, that Jesus looks at his life when he gets to him and says, go, your faith has made you whole. Didn't say your effort. Didn't say your opportunity. You got lucky that I came to town. I felt in a good mood. He said, no, your faith. You believed, you stood on a word, and you stood on a truth. Are you with me? Every year, we, uh, we go camping in Charlevoix, uh, Pet- uh, Petoskey, Charlevoix, uh, Boyne City area. They have this awesome taffy store uh, in Charlevoix. Go ahead and throw that picture up here. i got to explain a couple things. So this is my two oldest kids. This is Caroline and Charlie. Total cheese face there, Charlie. Good job. <laughs> Caroline has her Disney princess pose going on that ankle there. But... Uh, the way that this taffy store works, this is about half of the store, and what you see is true. Uh, it is barrels full of taffy with tons of dye that you people say my kids shouldn't have, but <laughs> I want my kids to, anyway, I won't go there, but anyway, the scripture, yeah, I can't do that, but anyway, <laughs> so this store works like this. You go in and you get these barrels, okay? You get these back buckets that are in their hand. And so uh, these are the buckets, and you go in, and you start to fill them, and then they weigh the buckets at the end of the the thing. And so the way that the store works uh, is it was like kind of a shared space, right, on the downtown Charlevoix. And you walk in, there's like like a foyer waiting area, and then you could split to like a a fashion store or go into the taffy store. And Jess wanted to go in the fashion store. I definitely don't want to go in the fashion store with my wife, especially not my mother-in-law. Amen. And... uh, (laughs) And uh, I'm like, guys, we have a seven-week vac- or seven days on this trip. You've been in that store for two of the days. <laughs> so I, so we're in this foyer, and I say, well, you know, you go in that store, and then the kids are gonna just go in this store. But I can see both stores. I can see into both of them. And so I needed just a minute uh, to put a stop on the credit cards before my wife went into that store. <laughs> and so I told the kids, I, I said, all right, here's what we're gonna do. I can see you. I can totally see you. Just give me a couple minutes. I actually had the baby with me too, so I was getting that ready. Uh, getting her all put together to go in the taffy store so she didn't baby steal stuff. You know how babies steal stuff? <laughs> Some of you heathens let your kids do it and then pretend like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Where did they get this prime rib? <laughs> um, but anyway, 
So I go, I go, okay, here's the deal, kids. Go in there, because we've done this every year. We've done it for multiple years. I say, listen, you can go in and get the baskets. You know where the baskets are. And Caroline, you know how to read, so read him all the flavors and go in there, and you can each get 20 pieces of taffy and put them in your basket. I'll be in there in just a minute. So the father told them what they could have based on what I said they could have. Are you tracking with me? And so I said, here's my word toward you. This is what you can go and do and believe and operate in because I said it to you. So now I'm in the little foyer area, and I'm watching the lady who runs the counter in there. Here comes two kids, six years old, four years old, and they just get their baskets, and they're just walking around the store. I'll have some of this. And she's like, where's their parents? Like, should I stop them? How are they going to pay for this, right? She's like nervous and watching them and trying to talk to them, and they're just confident as the day is long, just get some of it. Charlie, you want some root beer taffy? Yeah, we'll get some. And they're just doing their thing. They're walking in their blessing. Are you with me? And up until the point that I walked in there, the person was looking at like, how are they going to, what, how do they deserve this? How's this going to work? Until the father walked in and said, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I already paid for all this. Like they're walking in what I said they could have. Do you know that when Jesus died on the cross, that's exactly what he did? He said, I've paid for all of this for you. Your sickness, your disease, your infirmity, your anxiety. I got all that covered. Don't worry, don't worry about how you're going to pay for this and cover this. It's already been done on the cross. Are you with me? We've got to learn to stand on what God said is true. Your heavenly father said, this is what I've got in place for you. Now go walk in it. Fill your basket with all that I have for you. Amen. Stop begging and wondering and hoping. And no, God said it. Now you can have it. Amen. Cling to it. The B-I-B-L-E, stand on it. It's all that we need. Are you with me? I have the band come. We, uh, Maddie and I connected on this song a couple months ago or maybe a month ago, and uh, I asked her to lead us in it at the end of this service. So while they're getting in place, I want you to hear uh, just some of the ways that you can stand on God's word. I, I want to give you a practical application about how to do what I'm just talking about. And it's this right here. It's you just take the scripture and you hold on to it. You literally, I just went through just a couple things in Isaiah, and I pulled all these truths out. Isaiah 40, 29 says, he gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Are you feeling weak? Stand alone on the word that says when you're feeling weak, he gives you power. Isaiah 41, 10 says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Do you need that kind of encouragement in your life? Do you need to know that truth? Write it down, stick it somewhere and stand on it, not begging, but believing. Are you with me? Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. Are there false accusations against you? Stand on this word of God that he's gonna refute every negative word that may have come against you. Stand on it, stand on it, stand on it. Believe what he said is true and what, you can ha- what he said you can have, you can have goes on and on. Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you because he's anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. How many know you can walk into your workplace standing on the truth that Isaiah said you can do those things in your workplaces, in your homes. You heard me mention Isaiah 53, five says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him because by his wounds, we are healed. You need healing in your body? Stand alone on that word, on that truth. Not begging, but believing. If he said we can have it, we can have it. That we know, that we know, that we know, that we know that God's word is true. 
Won't you stand to your feet? We're going to worship this song that explains everything we just talked about. If you say it, I believe it, long be. 
Jesus.